All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of 50 bucks off any service until December 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in Nick Kiprios from Rogers Sportsnet, among other things. Nick, you're with Kevin Carries and Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Welcome to the program. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing great Good, here. Thanks. Doing great. Uh, I was just talk, talking to Laddie. He says you guys have never really met, uh, but paths cross kind of yeah. sort, I guess. Being, I always know. watch him on TV. It looks great. <laughs> One of the and better I looking guys remember, out there, yeah. I always uh, remember covering that stellar uh, defensive play of his, for sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, let's expand on that. What happened? Well, I, I used to block shots and, you know, throw it off the glass out. So oh, that's, that's pretty, right. pretty simple. <laughs> I was waiting for some great play here. No, no, no. Oh. It was pretty, pretty, hey. pretty straight and simple. High and hard off the glass could get you two or three mil easy today. Exactly, yeah. Maybe more, Nick. Maybe more. <laughs> so how are you been keeping? You got kind of the new thing going with uh, the Kipper and Bourne show now. You've been obviously in broadcasting many years after leaving the game. Uh, how's the evolution of just broadcasting been for you here in the last little bit? Well, that's exactly what it is, uh, an evolution. And, uh, you know, the moment I retired... Uh, I got into the broadcasting right away because Sportsnet had just started out. Uh, it was only TSN at the time, and uh, everybody was saying that there was no room for a second uh, sports station because, because of course, uh, Canada isn't that big. And then here we are almost uh, 25 years later, and, uh, and Sportsnet and TSN very much in the thick of things uh, to cover uh, – all our great uh, sports in, in Canada. So I've been very fortunate, guys, to be a part of it. I did take a break a couple of years ago and then decided to step in and, and try a different role. And this one was more around the digital uh, podcast format. And, yes, it, uh, it it happens to be back on TV. But uh, for the most part, it's what you guys are doing. It's what everybody's doing, providing uh, – content in a digital form that uh, people can relate to and I'm just glad uh, to still be a part of it uh, as a much older guy than than the three of you of course <laughs> uh, we're, the, we're the same age Nick so I think there you go oh, okay <laughs> you just look younger oh I don't know about that yeah he looks great yeah, he looks great. Yeah. Uh, so you, you you played you played the game now you're in the broadcasting does it ever get the like, Tiring to talk about hockey, all that preparation. <laughs> Do you ever get tired of it? Is it a real job? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> um, you know, there's times when uh, it you can, like anything else, probably overdo it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And of course, you want to take some time off. You've got family, you got friends, you got other hobbies. Um, but you know, for a lifetime, it's been so good to us and can continue to be good to us. And, you know, talking Oilers or talking Maple Leafs or talking about maybe a big trade, I'd be doing it anyways for free at a coffee shop with my buddies. So True. might as well try to get paid for it, right? I mean, it's still uh, it's still a great sport in our country that people have so much passion uh, and emotion about. So just, just very happy to, to be uh, a part of it still. 
Nick Kiprios, Rogers Sportsnet, with Karius Schmid on Sports 1440. So, Nick, when you came into broadcasting right out of out of your career, uh, I think you would admit it was it was kind of an eye opening experience. And uh, th- that part of it aside, what's it like now when you have a little more time to be in depth, as opposed to when you were on the desk and you go, you had like maybe 30, 40 seconds to get your point across, and you got a producer in your ear saying, "Let's go, Nick, let's go." It's a lot different now compared to when it was for you kind of in the TV side of it, on the panel or on the desk, whatever you want to call it. Well, there's no question uh, it gets easier and easier every year that you're removed uh, from the game and uh, you start picking up some uh, some tricks and some, some uh, different thought processes that you never thought about because you just didn't have the experience uh, to go through it. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge is talking about teammates or mm-hmm. guys that were just a year or two removed from being in the same room with you. Uh, that's a challenge. Uh, and, yes, uh, feeling like television is much more of a, a compact presentation. Uh, you know, there's an introduction, there's a middle, and then there's a conclusion. And wrap it up in a bow. Get your thought out quick and concise. Where we're in uh, an interview on the radio or digital is more uh, like a conversation, more of a back and forth scenario, and just feels more relaxed. Like I'm a lot more relaxed now talking to you guys than I would be with a producer in in, in my ear. Like you, you, you just spoke of moments ago. But anything, whether it's the game of hockey, the business world, uh, medical field, uh, whatever you're doing in life, uh, you're going to feel a lot more comfortable the more repetitions you have, the more times you do it, and and that's where I am here almost uh, 23, 24 years yeah. later. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, yeah. But 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 I love you guys on the panel or wherever. I I just love that they use former players because you know, especially for fans who never really play hockey, you know, you can you can give them like insights how the player might feel or you know break break things down for even like a you know regular Joes who never really play hockey. So like I, I really appreciate it and mm-hmm. I, I enjoy watching you guys. Uh thank you. I really appreciate that. And you know, the same thing for you. You wanna you wanna pass on your experiences mm-hmm. and the kind of conversations you had in the room and yeah. you know that's that 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 insight's so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know at the end of the day you wanna mm-hmm. You want a, uh, a pipe breaks in, in 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 your house. You want a you want a plumber that's actually done it before to come into your house and fix it, right? Yeah, yeah. we got Mister Rooter for you on that, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Nick Kiprios. Hey, listen, I, I know other people have watched the plumber do stuff, yeah, and, and watched videos. But can I have the guy that actually has done it before? <laughs> eh, laddie's got grin ear to ear here. Yeah, out of boy, laddie. Uh, Nick Kiprios, Rogers Sportsnet, with us, and you mentioned that word evolution off the top, Nick, and. As a player, that's kind of how you were because, I mean, you had to change your game a little bit. You're a guy that scored 60 goals in junior and then came to the NHL and worked your bag off to get there but had to kind of change your game. Can you speak to that? And, then, again, that's a long time ago when you had to kind of go, if I want to stay in the NHL, I have to play this way, do this, do that. So kind of take us back to that time when you were playing junior and then into the minors and then, you know, cracking pro with Washington. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I did have success. There's no question as I came out of minor hockey and then I went to junior, I became a very big goal scorer. Um, but, you know, I, 
in all honesty, even when I was scoring, uh, you know, up to a goal a game, it, it, I never felt like like that was just it for me, that I was this goal scorer and that's all I, I was. I just wanted to go out there, play the game hard, and, and be a part of a team. So, you know, when, when I got to the pros, I had one year in the American Hockey League, I scored 25 goals, but it, I never had the success of feeling like a top goal scorer. So I, I wanted to just do whatever I could to, to help the team out. And, you know, once I ended up with the Washington Capitals, you know, the big thing that in, in that era when I was with the Washington Capitals is they were getting the crap beat out of them by the Philadelphia Flyers. And it did not sit well with Brian Murray or the organization. And I also knew that I had a, I had a way of, of being a physical player. And not that I ever considered myself like a Bob Probert or a Ty Domi to go out there and be a heavyweight. But I knew at times when I needed to stick up for a teammate, I could do that. So, you know, once you're once you you, you don't pigeonhole yourself in this, I'm. Uh, I'm forever a goal scorer, and if you ask me to do something else, I'm going to disagree with you. You need to put me on the power play more. You need to play me more. You need to me. You need you need to um, play me with the number one centerman on the team. Once you get that all out of your head, you just look at the team and say, "Hey, what can I do to contribute?" Then you have a chance to find different ways to stick around a lot longer, and that's what I did. So, you know, obviously I couldn't score at that level, but I still knew I could be a physical player, mm-hmm. an energy player. I could be a good guy in the room. I could be a glue guy that everybody gets along with. You know, so many so many players from all over the world, but not everybody thinks that they need to hang around or get to know everybody. I wanted to go with the the Russians, the uh, the Czechs at the time, the, the Swedes, <laughs> the, the Americans, and, and I wanted them all to know that if anything happened on the ice, I've got your back, that you can count on me to be there for you. And that's, that's the transformation I had from goal score to being a guy in the room that uh, could still stick around and find a place on the team. And once players feel like they can – they can multitask, which everybody tells me the kids today, you know, it's, we're in the world of multitasking, uh, then, then do it on a hockey team. Yeah. Do different things and, and give yourself a chance to stick around a lot longer. I, man, I have so much respect for you like talk, talking about this because I, I grew up and, you know, I was a high draft pick and everybody was like, the future was, you know, I'm, I'm going to be on the power play, mm-hmm. you know, in the NH- AHL and NHL. It wasn't happening for me. And, you know, some guys cannot park their ego and, you know, find their role within the team and just make the most of it. And thank God I did because, you know, when my first year with the Oilers, you know, I was trying to look where I'm going to fit in. And again, it wasn't happening offensively. So, you know, I had to sit down, look in the mirror and... Be like, okay, Lottie, like it's not happening. You're gonna have to change, and I changed into. I really took pride in killing penalties, being hard to play against, blocking shots, drop the mitts once in a while, mm-hmm. and like coming from Europe, I never fought before. Like I didn't even know how to do it, but I watch videos. I talk to my teammates, and again, if I would have a huge ego, I it would never happen. But I, I'm glad I I changed my ways, and you know, it let me stick around for I don't know ten years around the league and. You know, those were the best best uh, years of my uh, hockey career. So I have a lot of respect, mm-hmm. and I can relate to that, to your story. You know, Laddie, um, and, and once 
players, and I'm so glad that you, you said that because, you know, if, if I'm listening now, if I'm a kid, you know, I, I, I hang on every word that you just said because – and I, I want to drive this, that no matter what era you played professional hockey league from, the you know, the 40s, the 50s, right up until today, you know, the one thing that's constant is no one cares if you're at the bottom of the pile or on the top of the pile. What they really cared was that you showed up, that you were there that you did not run and hide or that you stood up for a teammate or you stood up for the team or the fans or the town. That is the common denominator here, that you didn't run and hide, that you stood there and, 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 you, and you gave it your all. That's at the bottom line at the end of the day. And for you, me, you know, I think I got about 450 games. You probably got around 600 games, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's a huge accomplishment, mm-hmm. huge accomplishment to play that many number of games in the National Hockey League, and it's because of that attitude yeah. uh, above anything else. Hmm. Well, you know what? We could go on and on here. Maybe we'll get you on again for round two of this. How's that sound, Kipper? Oh, listen, anytime. Anytime you guys uh, I'm around. Uh, I think that'd be great because Laddie's has got about 10 more questions, but we yeah. gotta we got to kind of <laughs> hit the brakes here. So appreciate your time. Uh, what's Do you know what's coming? Do you know? Do you get a lineup? What's coming up on your show this afternoon? Uh, you know what? We're we're tracking down a few people, but uh, we've had some terrific guests already this week. Uh, you know, of course, we've got the the I don't know what they call it, the Super Series out of Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the 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 Leafs uh, uh, over in Sweden, led by Willie Nylander. <laughs> uh, we've had Ken Hitchcock and Claude Julian. Um, you know, we'll hunt down maybe a few more guys, maybe out of uh, Sweden, but. Uh, uh, yeah, give it a give it a listen. The real Kipper and Bourne show, uh, four to six Eastern uh, daily, and uh, we'll look for your stuff as well. And uh, Laddie, great talking to you as well, pal. Oh, thank you, thank you. It was it was a pleasure. Thanks, thank Kipper. You. Appreciate it. That's Nick Kiprios from Rogers Sportsnet, uh, the Kipper and Bourne show. It's all over the place and part of our puck report uh, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, head to Fountain Tire, ask about their seasonal tire storage. Once you get your winter tires put on, we're kind of getting to that stage. I mean, 12, 13 degrees tomorrow, laddie? 12, 13 degrees? This is unbelievable. It really is. Next week, a little colder, though. But That's all right, but like this we're this cutting off the winter. We're cutting it off. We're shrinking the winter. Yeah, that's what we like to call it. But on the other hand, my <laughs> wife told me it's, it's a global warming. <laughs> kind of sucks, right? But I'll I'll take I'll take a few extra weeks of of warmer weather. Again, shrink that winter, and we can yeah, so we can barbecue. Yeah, we'll outside. get. Wow, well, I'm going to barbecue tomorrow. Yeah, without uh, a shadow of a doubt, barbecue okay. tomorrow. Okay. When we come back, Dana O'Neill from The Athletic, and we're going to talk NCAA basketball on the Kevin Carey Show with Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to welcome in Dana O'Neill from The Athletic, covering NCAA basketball. Uh, good morning, Dana. You were with uh, Kevin Carius and Ladislav Schmid. Uh, welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for having me. How are you? We're doing great here in Edmonton, and uh, you must be excited, ecstatic that uh, basketball's underway in the uh, college game in the States. Uh, what's kind of caught your eye in the early going here? I mean, Kansas had a bit of a scare the other night against uh, Kentucky, but uh, Kansas still probably one of the top teams to beat in your mind? Yeah, I was at that game the other night, and uh, I mean, certainly 
Kentucky played out of their minds and I think better than anyone anticipated. So that was a really good game for Kentucky. But the fact that Kansas kind of withstood that barrage of three-pointers early there from Kentucky and figured out how to solve the riddle uh, defensively and also just kind of stayed within their game plan, I think, tells you a lot about what Kansas is made of in terms of just kind of fortitude to get through difficult games. So, you know, I, I think they remain at the top of the list of teams that you have to consider for, as a potential national champion for sure. What did you see from Hunter Dickinson in that game? So, you know, yeah, a lot. I mean, look, he's going to be the focus of the Kansas uh, offense with good reason. I mean, he's just so versatile in the way that he can play and so dominant inside. Um, you know, at 27 and 21, now it works in his favor that Kentucky has three seven-footers who for various reasons weren't available. So it makes for a super easy game plan there for Bill Self. It may not be that easy every night going out. But there's a reason that he became the most, you know, impactful transfer when he chose to leave Michigan and head mm-hmm. to Kansas. And he's the reason that they're number one. So he's fun to watch. I mean, I think he enjoys the villainy a little bit. He kind of is like this generation's Christian Leitner. He oh. kind of brings some of the heat on and doesn't seem to mind it and actually thrives in it a little bit. So, you know, it's always fun for the game, too, to have somebody to kind of root against if you're that sort of a person. I'm not personally, but some people <laughs> might be. Uh, Dana O'Neill from The Athletic uh, covers NCAA basketball. So that uh, that villain atmosphere that he creates, uh, I mean, what's the atmosphere in the building like, I guess, with the opposition, fans trying to get on him? I mean, if he is anything oh, yeah. close to Christian Leitner, I mean, that's something. Yeah, no, it is. And, uh, you know, I was <laughs> I was sitting um, courtside for that game, and there was one particular uh, Kentucky fan who was enjoying himself, let's put it that way, and probably – not crossing the line in terms of language, but just he was just relentless to the point that one of the ushers walked off and basically said, knock it off or get out. Like, <laughs> you cross the line of behavior here. And every time Hunter Dickinson boo- uh, touched the ball for a while, he was booed. Now, that was certainly Kentucky fans, but in the game earlier, Michigan State played. So there were a lot of Michigan State fans mm-hmm. who hadn't left the building yet, and they were more than happy to boo a former Michigan player. But, yeah, I think he's going to be the player – that people love to hate. Um, and in in the way, of course, that's a backward compliment. And, and you don't hate him unless he's good. Uh, so he's really good, which makes him easy, you know more hateable, if you will. Uh, our co-host here, uh, Dana, Ladislav Schmid, played uh, how many games in the NHL, Laddie? 600? Uh, five, yeah, 580. Almost, yeah. 580. <laughs> so he, he, and he was a villain on the ice. Everyone didn't like him. So villain? He, yeah. You would call me a villain? Yes, you were a villain. My God, they're laughing at me at the, here at the office. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what are the other players that we should be looking for this year that we might see, we might see uh, at the NBA level? Oh, gosh, there's so many guys that I think that are just, you know, potential pros coming out. Give me top you know, five. There's a lot of great – give you top five. Whew, Ooh. Off the top of my head, that's, that's you know, I kind of sit here and think. I mean, you got to go all over the country oh, for, yeah. for that. Um, Isaiah Collier at USC, although they just lost a really bad game. He's a terrific point guard. You know, the, let's put it this way. The Champions Classic, I think there were 40 scouts there watching oh. uh, Kansas and Kentucky. Kentucky's got – one, you know, one freshman who's not even playing right now, you know, Tyrese Proctor at Duke is going to get looked at. Kyle Filipowski at Duke. Um, there's just so many players across the board right now that are really, you know, as always, mm-hmm. the college game is sort of the breeding ground for, mm-hmm. for great uh, NBA players of the future. Is there, is there any course, like... I didn't even mention, didn't even mention Bronny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, is there any like the guy that could be like a 
big deal difference maker at the NBA level? Like one guy that you could think of? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm sure there is, and I just mm -hmm. can't come up with them right off the top of my head. Sorry, right putting now. you on the spot. I mean, there's not. No, it's okay. That's your job. Um, <laughs> you know, it's there's no like Zion Williamson yeah. tracker person, yeah. right? Oh, okay. This year, like, I remember when Zion played for Duke, they literally had a tracker on the ticker just to see how he did every game. Mm -hmm. um, I think the player that if he plays will generate that much attention will be Bronny, but I'm not sure that Bronny is good enough to be that difference maker in the NBA. I just think his name makes mm -hmm. him interesting. That's a Another lot of pressure. A lot. It is a lot of pressure. It's it's unreal, unreasonable. You know, another player is going to be interesting. I don't think he's going to be the difference maker in the NBA, but people are just curious. Like, what do you do with a seven foot four Canadian guy by the name of Zach Eady? Right? I mean, yeah. he doesn't fit the way the NBA plays right now. But certainly, people are going to be curious to see if he generates some conversation. Dana O'Neill from The Athletic covers the NCAA basketball uh, for The Athletic. And you guys at The Athletic sort of do a, you know, beginning of the season and look forward to, you know, the teams that are going to be down there, down the stretch and be successful. I, I believe you went with Purdue. Is that correct? I did. I did. I and did. why? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, first of all, Purdue was the best team in the country for the better part of the country, mm -hmm. better part of the season last year. And then they got FDU'd in the first round um, of the NCAA tournament. And so everyone assumes that they're just, you know, they've had their share of bad luck or bad execution, if you will, in the month of March. So people assume that that's going to be repeated. I do not. I think, first of all, what made them very good um, last year means it is still relevant this season. I think the guards who kind of got beat up a little bit by the end of the season and kind of got exposed are older, they're more mature, they're stronger, they know what they're doing. Um, and I also think, you know, Matt Painter's a terrific coach and knows what to do to get over this. I know how I went out there this summer. I know how angry they are about what happened and embarrassed mm -hmm. and how much that is fueling them in a very quiet way. And as I just talked about, I mean, Zach Eady yeah. is a He's a thing that nobody else has in college basketball. Um, and so presumably he is going to win them a lot of basketball games. You know, I just think sometimes people go away from the obvious because it's obvious. I kind of decided to go with the obvious, mm -hmm. I suppose. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Zach Eady is still trying to find his way? Where, what's his ceiling? What, what are we looking at? I mean, as you said, he's seven foot four. He's a yeah. guy that's, you know, not a very common player. What, what, what are we looking at here? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like, you know, you know, he had the experience this summer with the Canadian national team. I think that was really good for him, mm -hmm. um, not just to just play, obviously, against top-level co competition, but kind of figure out how he fits in those schemes and what he can do. He's, he's changed his body a little bit this summer. He slimmed down a little bit to kind of be a little bit more mobile. He's not immobile. I think people tend to think that he's a lumbering player. He's really not. He's got good footwork. Um, he really sees the game. He's a great passer. He's unselfish. Um, you know, he does not really have an outside shot per se, but I think he tried to like to develop one. I think at some point, you know, he is what he is, right? He can't change entirely his game. He's just, that's who he is. It's just whether or not anybody in the NBA finds a value to that or not. Um, and so that's a big question. You know, the NBA just doesn't play with a traditional postman anymore. So what does Zach Eady do to fit? I think he can try to adjust in some places, but at some level when you're seven foot four and as big as he is, like 
that's who I am, right? Um, you know, I can't, I can't change that. But um, he's a terrific kid. He's a terrific player. Um, I mean, for college basketball, he's exactly what, you know, we enjoy watching at least. You know, uh, I think we're really looking forward to, I guess it would be Monday, Purdue plays Gonzaga. And yeah. so, you know, I guess for our proximity here, Dana, where we are located in Edmonton, uh, there are a lot of Gonzaga Bulldog fans just because of you know where we're located. So, what do you make of that game, and what do you make of the of Gonzaga's team going forward this year? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, they dropped about 123 the other night at Eastern Oregon, but I don't think you can make take a whole lot out of that one. Um, that was pretty interesting. You know, look, it's really it's funny because no one is talking about Gonzaga because they don't have. You know, they had Chet Holmgren, they had Jalen Suggs, they had all these obvious NBA draft picks who were just going to, they had Drew Timmy, who, again, another player people love to hate or love to love. So they had all these conversational pieces in their lineup. They don't have that this year as much. However, sometimes I find it kind of interesting when you have a team that people are talking about less, they happen to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Annie, Rob, Ryan Nemhart as a transfer uh, at the guard position is huge for them. They need somebody that obviously could steer the ship, and I think he's a terrific point guard who will do that. I think Anton Watson is probably one of the more undersung players in the country, um, You know, in part because he's been given that role for a lot of years, You know, kind of understudy to Drew Timmy, kind of back up to Chet Holmgren, all of those things. I think he's a really smart, heady player um, who knows exactly what his role is. I think they're going to be interesting, frankly. I just think because no one's talking about them, that's really, I think actually Mark Few enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think people are, I, in fact, at one point someone suggested I write a story about has the Gonzaga window, window closed, and I, I haven't written that yet, but I'd be curious to ask Mark Few because I think he'd probably get a good laugh out of that one because, you know, I think people have tried to close the window on Gonzaga for a lot of years, and it doesn't seem to ever shut. So they're just they're they're going to be right there. They just are. I mean, they do have a really good non-conference schedule as always. So you'll have a feeling for what their weaknesses are early on, and then they'll get into conference play, probably roll through everybody like normal. And then it's just a matter of what kind of matchups they get in March. Do you think Mark Few is kind of like we've been waiting for this up here for a long time? Every year we seem to be waiting, waiting, but it never seems to happen for Gonzaga. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is one of those things. I think every coach goes through this at some point in their career. I, I can remember watching Bill Self play against Steph Curry and Davidson, and Steph Curry is running around, bouncing off a million screens and hitting threes and nearly one-handedly beating Kansas in the Sweet 16. And when Kansas won, Bill stood up like he had just taken off like 500 pounds off his back <laughs> because that was the, the run on Bill Self. He couldn't get past the Sweet 16. He wasn't good enough. And then here he is. Now people talk about Bill Self as probably the best coach in college basketball. That's where Mark Few is. I mean, mm-hmm. he has been to the national title game. He is, you know, the game against Baylor, I think, obviously, is probably the one that just sticks in most people's craw. There's this great team that rolls into Baylor again, in the national title game against Baylor or get their doors absolutely blown off. And I was at that game, and that game was over before the first TV timeout. So I understand the lack of security about Mark Few hasn't been able to do it, but he's gotten awfully close at a program that I don't think anybody ever figured they would do. Um, So I I honestly do think it's a matter of time. I really do. I think the NCAA tournament is so squirrely. It's just weird things happen, and and sometimes it's just bad luck. Um, 
This is more more personal question. <laughs> but when I was in the NHL, the two biggest events of the year would be March Madness for us, for betting, and uh, Masters golf. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, do you fill out the bracket for March Madness, uh, given the fact that you know so much about these teams? Like, do you actually going to do it this year, maybe even bet on it against somebody? Like, do you do that? But all question. the knowledge, like, I, you know? Yeah. I do a bracket, and I will tell you. So here's my story. I do a bracket every year with all my institutional knowledge. My daughter, who is 22 and barely watches college basketball, fills out a bracket, and I'm not joking when I say this. She uses the mascots and decides oh. like, which mascot would beat which mascot, and generally she advances further than I do. I'm not kidding when I say that. Like That is my reality. Isn't that amazing, Dana? That's yeah, just amazing. It's, it's so it's so demoralizing. Oh. Honestly, I think sometimes when you know too much, it almost paralyzes you because you think mm-hmm. way too hard. Like, I could probably get you to the final four, yeah. but I don't see those upsets early. I just don't because mm-hmm. it's impractical to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impractical to see Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue. No practical person is going to pick that. My mm-hmm. daughter might have because she might have thought a knight would have beaten a Boilermaker. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, That's awesome. Just uh, one last comment for you. Uh, Being in Alberta here, I've done a couple stories on a, a young girl that's out of Raymond, which is a little bit um, just south of where we are, uh, Dana, but her name is uh, Delaney Gibb. She's in grade 12, I guess, this year in Raymond, which is a powerhouse, small little, it's almost like Hoosiers, to be honest with you, uh, for cool. small town basketball. She's committed to BYU next year, so her name's Delaney Gibb. Okay. She's probably, well, not probably, she'll be probably the, you know, she's going to be one of the best female basketball players to ever come out of our province so uh delaney gibb it's something to keep an eye on for you in i Absolutely. guess 2024 coming up so that's always good to know i mean it's it's there's so much um finally excitement around women's college basketball mm-hmm. in the united states you know i think caitlin clark and angel reese and now Paige beckers have done quite a lot to elevate the attention Uh, that the sport is getting. So the more great players that they can get at places, especially like at a place that's a little non-traditional like BYU, I think that's good for the game because more people pay attention to more places. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate all your insight and uh, have fun watching uh, the early stages of NCAA and up to March Madness. Thanks a lot for this. I will. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. That's Dana O'Neill from The Athletic. And, man, that was a great question about the brackets because, again, you guys fill those out all the time, right? Oh, my God, man. And Yeah, that was... That's even more, maybe more intense than the golf and <laughs> than masters. the masters. Oh, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, because you have to watch it daily, and but there, there would be some upsets that you don't see coming. But you usually go with the with the favorites, right? Yeah. And you guys do NFL. You're doing it like every week. Yeah, obviously. But but the, the March Madness is like a longer, right? Yeah. Like yes, like Super Bowl is fun too. Like the, mm-hmm. the whole team gets together. But March Madness, like those are like consecutive days, and then like. The, uh, the consecutive games and and the guys are like picking their own teams and it's like it, mm-hmm. it gets very intense. I, I I again go back to Sean Harkov. He would go way overboard. <laughs> and now mentioning Ryan Whitney, like yes. he was another guy. Like these guys would like be crazy about this. Mm-hmm. I remember. I think I think I told you the story when I was doing the games with you, filling in on radio, doing color. They were had Sparky was handing out the NFL. Yeah, you know the pick because he was in charge. Sparky Kolchinski was in charge of doing the NFL, and I was like, because I was big time into the betting on the NFL at that time, mm-hmm. and I said, Sparky, how can I get in? Like, how can I get a sheet and get involved in this? 
And he looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he says, get another zero on your paycheck, kid. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. <laughs> that's the old Sparky. Oh, yeah. that guy. Uh, when we come back, hey, are you in or are you out when we come back? We'll see you. <laughs> uh, our new segment, and it's uh, going to be, are you in or are you out? The Duke Ooh. of Delburn has put together... Five ins, five outs, and he's all he's just he's just he's straddling the fence again on all these. There's a, a good thought process to all I love of it. That's coming up, uh, coming up after the break. Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmidt on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Texts rolling in. If you got a call, give us a shout as well. Um, 1-833-401-1440. But oh, and we've got one from the hammer. We'll get to that in a second, Laddie. Time now for Are You In or Are You Out? The Duke of Delburn has really come through today with five solid, I guess, bulletin points. Okay. Uh, bullet points, not bulletin points, I guess you could say that. I just added the I-N on there. Are you in or you, I guess I was licking a bullet and I added the in, Duke. There you go. Are you're, you al- in? you're already in. Are you in or are you out with the bulletin points? Uh, got a fresh batch of uh, statements or bulletin points, uh, if you will, for you guys here on this Thursday morning, fresh off the Oilers' win over Seattle last night. They make it three in a row. Evander Kane with a hat trick last night, currently second on the Oilers with seven goals on the season. What I'm saying to you is that by the season's end, Evander Kane will be leading the Oilers in goals scored. Well, I'll go first, Laddie, and then you can go first. The next one is that how you want? Sure. Or yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, Unfortunately, I'm going to say out. And that's all, with all due respect, I love it when a guy's on a heater. And right now, Evander Kane is on a massive heater. Seven goals, seven assists in the last 10 games. That's a heater. That's a heater. What if you were to, if, if I were to tell you that Connor McDavid, if I told you right now, at this point of the year, that Connor McDavid is fifth in scoring, you'd go, well, you know, a couple guys in the NHL are having good, good years right now. You know, Pedersen's got 26 yeah. points, you know. Quinn Hughes has 26 points. JT Miller has 26 <laughs> points. So Connor being fifth isn't bad. Connor McDavid is in fifth position on his own team. Yeah, I wouldn't probably so, believe it, but... I'm going to say he's out, he's out, but I, yeah, I, I hope he scores 40. I hope Evander Kane has a sensational year, but I'm out in the fact that he will lead the Oilers in goals this year. I'm also out, but I like the way he plays the game. And um, we got to need everybody in order to make a playoffs. And, and this is great that he's, he's going, not just scoring points, but being a physical presence, fighting, hitting. That's the Evander Kane that we want to see. But I'm out, unfortunately. When you have when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on your team, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to be in on this one. Uh, also from last night's game, uh, Brandon Tanev of the Seattle Kraken was uh, around the puck all night, uh, contributing in a lot of those same facets that Laddie just mentioned that Evander Kane can. Uh, probably could have had a couple goals if uh, had a little more fortune with the puck. So what I'm saying is that Brandon Tanev is the most ideal fourth-line player in the NHL today. Huge statement. <laughs> Huge <laughs> statement. Uh, he's close, but I'm out. Who oh. is then? Who is then? I mentioned this line, yeah. guys, but they're kind of aging. For me, the most ideal line was, or I don't know if, if I can say, say still, was Sezikas, Clutterbuck, Martin. Okay. That's, that was, for me, for years, the most ideal. I, they're, they're aging, obviously, but, 
but he is scratching to that. Like he's I, close. He is close. Like this guy, I would want on my team. I would want him on my team. Gives you depth. You know exactly what you get from him every single night. He you know is what? pretty close. I'm gonna give him one more year, and then we can do in and out. I'm gonna go. He's in. I'm in. I'm gonna say Brandon Tanev is the most ideal fourth line player in the NHL right now, only because fighting is almost non-existent. I always like the fourth line player to be able to have that intimidation factor a little bit more. Yeah. But without with that gone in the game. I'm going to just it's say it's not completely gone. Oh, it's, when, it's not completely Okay, when's the last time you saw someone get intimidated on the ice? Like where you go, oh, I'm, I'm scared. Well, it's, it's it's been pretty clean, but you still have to answer the bells. At, at I agree. Closer it, gets, closer it gets to the playoffs. Let's, I let's, agree. Let's not fool ourselves. This I'm is just, just a regular season. I just didn't want to agree with you. <laughs> I, I know because because earlier you said you're gonna be out on this one, but you changed your mind. <laughs> I did. Just I thought because you were. I thought you were gonna say in. Just just all to all our listeners, who would you side with? The guy who played almost <laughs> 600 games in the NHL or host, the radio <laughs> and TV host, Jun- junior hockey legend Kevin. Legend, Kieris. yes. Uh, I will say the he only <laughs> the only knock on Tanev uh, on this statement is that he makes 3.5 million dollars a season which is pretty steep price for a fourth hey, okay Kevin, duke what about hey, you, have you got a, has do has the duke got an ideal fourth line guy then brandon tanev but, I, like I, so I, you're saying you're in i'm in on this. oh yeah. that's why he put it's two it against in one uh, two against one laddie yeah, yeah mine and amateurs versus professionals <laughs> yeah i thought i would be the only one uh, <laughs> all right one uh, one more on the oilers topic they're heading out on the road here for uh, the weekend calvin pickard will start at least one game on this road trip for the Edmonton Oilers. Are you in or are you out? I can go first. Of course. Okay. Of course. I will say sure. I am in on Cal Pickard playing one game. I think Cal Pickard will play the afternoon game in Washington. I think you got two days off here between games to go to Tampa Bay. So Stu Skinner plays in Tampa Bay. Then he plays uh, Monday, I guess it is. Is it Monday? or t- Yeah, Monday. Monday, Wednesday, I think. So he plays Monday, Florida, Wednesday, Carolina, and then Friday, the last game of the trip. I guess pending the outcomes of what happens, though, too. Yeah. Because if you are, just say you go and three or something and Skinner's standing on his head, you still might have to put him in. I'm going to say he does play one game on this trip. I'll pick the game right now and I'll say Washington. But, wow. But You're a crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree with you, Kevin. Um, I'm in on that one. I got... It's important to to know what he can do. You know, it's just you, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Skinner's second second season. Like you need to be able to rest him a little bit at some point, and like uh, this is a good opportunity. So, and and the other thing too is if you look at the Oilers' schedule, they don't have a back to back laddie till the last two games before Christmas. So the schedule's <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Thursday Night Football tonight will see the Cincinnati Bengals take on their division rival Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals currently sit in last place in the AFC North, but are still above 500. i I'm saying they will still win the division by the end of the season. Can we, can we call this the Hail Mary? <laughs> like, is this like... Are you big on Bengals or something? Uh, no, we talked about this earlier this week. I actually had a future on the Browns to win this division because they were the 
third lowest odds uh, just ahead of the Steelers. But now with the Deshaun Watson injury, I find that uh, much harder to have faith in. And I think uh, Joe Burrow and this Bengals team can certainly make a good run of it, for sure. They they can make a run of it, but I think they're going to fall short to winning the the division. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm out on that one, man. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings, but Vladdy, uh, you're, you're <laughs> never hurting my feelings. Don't worry um, about okay. that. Yeah, I'm I'm out on that one. I don't see that coming. I. I yeah, I, I'm just out. I I don't see that. I am out as well. I don't see it as either because I can't see them winning tonight. Yeah, tonight. <laughs> so that puts them three games behind Baltimore if they lose tonight. The schedule, I mean, they, they've got a lot of games against the division opponents, uh, you know, coming up here. That's going to be the telltale as well. But I don't see them winning tonight. And I think I think Baltimore has a bounce back game after blowing that last week. Yeah, Cincinnati without T. Higgins and uh, Sam Hubbard likely tonight to uh, very good players on either side of the ball. So it will be difficult. And uh, I think Baltimore probably still the, uh, well, they might make a run at the, the top of the conference even to challenge mm-hmm. Kansas City. But that loss on Sunday will play a big uh, a knock on those chances too. So final one for you guys steering away from the world of sports. We've been on the topic of uh, food quite a bit this morning between Frank Saravalli over in Sweden taking in the uh, local delicacies. Your guys' plan to smoke some ribs. Yeah, But uh, I want to know, or what I'm saying is that red pasta sauces are far superior to the whites. Vladdy, are you in Go or ahead, are you Vladdy, out? Yeah. I am in on that one. Yes. I am in 100% yeah. on that one. And we know what we are talking about because we are both chefs. Both chefs. <laughs> but the difference is I have 53 tomato plants this year, Laddie. 53. So you're going to be... You're going to well, be- make the sauce. Make the sauce yeah. from scratch. Take oh. the tomatoes off the vine and about six, seven, eight different types of hybrid tomatoes. Wow. So you take the, as soon as they're ready and ripened on the vine, you put them in the freezer. Oh. So hole in the freezer, a big bag, one of those great big bags, put them in the freezer. You take them out when you're ready to make your sauce, you put them under the water, hot water, and then peel the skin off. And it goes just like that. It just peels off just like, just like nothing. You just squeeze it between your hands, peel the skin off, throw it in the pot. Now you're making your sauce. <sighs> I, I'm so hungry right now. It's it's crazy. It's nine fifty. Shouldn't be hungry, but yeah, I need to cr- I need to crush something. <laughs> you, you make it sound so good. Oh, it's gonna be good. So uh, the hammer texted in. Are we done now, Duke? Or is that it? Or is there was there? I, I just wanted to comment on my. I just wanted to comment on my wife. Like she she prefers white cream sauce on pizza over like a bechamel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Ugh. Really? I like I'm a tomato sauce guy on pizza, no? Like what or pesto? Or yeah, yes, but she prefers like creamy white. I'm, I mm. I look at it every single time. And I'm one of those guys that I would like to try her pizza too. Yeah. But I can't because it's disgusting. I just look at it and I'm disgusted. <laughs> so what does she put on for the toppings then? I, I don't know what she just or I I don't know she whenever my wife is like, she always wants to try new things. Yeah. And I'm going to say 70% of the time she's disappointed because it's... It's no good. It's no good. I'm like, I have like a three, four pizza rotation. So I, I'm never really disappointed. And maybe call me boring, but I'd rather not be totally disappointing and be fairly happy than being just pissed off that I wasted mm-hmm. all that time ordering 
waiting and then not enjoying it. But my wife, she won't learn. Her she likes. Life. She just won't. Will she just won't learn? Will she? That's. I hope she's not like that in our personal <laughs> life. Now thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We got just a couple more minutes uh, before Laddie's got to get to Thursday hockey, right? Yes. So the hammer comes in. Looks uh-huh. like Laddie needs to play solid D today because his partner will be all offense. Is that a clue? That is a clue. Yes. I see that. I, I, because, yeah, there, there have been some messages. Yes, so I know who my D partner is. It's my boss also. Okay. No pressure. Yeah, well, I, I, can, I can play defense, you know. I, yeah. I, I had I had fairly good week, so you know, like when I have when I have week where I struggle, I look forward to shitty because I make myself feel good. But yeah. you know, it's been fairly good week, so like I can like take a step back and just watch some other people thrive. <laughs> Let somebody else have a turn. Yeah, exactly. So, like, laddie, here's a question, and this is I think probably coming from a lot of people like myself. You know, just regular uh, beer league hockey players. Maybe we played at a, a decent level in our younger years, but like when we're going up against real legitimate athletes like yourself at these shinnies or dropping and stuff like mm. legitimately how easy is it for you guys playing <laughs> against scrubs like us it it depends how much effort you put into it but if if we i'm still like year and a half removed from professional hockey so mm-hmm. it can get pretty easy but like don't get me wrong some guys are like decent like mm-hmm. i was when i played last year for the team that i made bet with and we play against like some some teams we play against like two teams. The second team was so invested in like a system back checking mm-hmm. that it like threw me off my game, and I was like pissed off. I'm like I, I'm I'm here to enjoy myself. Yeah. The guy the, there were guys like trying to run me, and then like back checking me and and like yelling at me. I'm like yeah. it's kind of annoying, and obviously like I cannot motivate myself enough to, to you know to be at mm-hmm. the same level like I I used to be, but. It, I, always, I, I don't think like the beer league, uh, you know, certain divisions are not as bad and it's, it, it is challenging. I get it too. I always thought like watching you guys play when at certain events and things like that, where like, and you go to the Alzheimer's one and things like that. I always thought, and that, those guys are pretty good, right? They're not going yeah. crazy, crazy hard, but I always thought, well, I just want to stay. I don't want to get an Aaron stick. Someone, you know, or all of a sudden you're in, in front of the net and some guy winds up with a big slapper because like, you don't know what they're going to do. You know, do you get, feel that too a lot? Yeah, it's unpredictable yeah. at times. But yeah, I enjoy, I, I enjoy Shinny a lot. Um, it, like I said, there is some guys that cannot like skate very well, but some some guys like I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with certain guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it's good. It's it's nice little challenge. It's well, all about skating, man. Honestly, like mm-hmm. if you can't skate, it's it's uh, it's hard. Yeah. You don't have to be the best stick handler out there. But as long as you can skate and kind of be around the puck, you know, I, I think you're okay. We have a guy on Friday hockey, uh, Big Steph is his name. He had a tryout with the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think he played at UBC, the highest level. Uh-huh. Right now, he's probably, and I, I know some guys are listening, so they're going to laugh. I'd say right now he's about 295 pounds. Uh, he's, what is his height? He's about 6'3". I should have said, he's about 6'3", but you can't take the puck away from him. Yeah. He's just, it's, it's, he's too big. 
too big, long reach. Long uses reach. Uses his body well. Uses his body. How is his movement? When he gets going, but <laughs> he's, he, can he's, he stop or does he use boards? The end boards. The end boards. <laughs> oh, man. But he's a good player still, you know. Huh? He's probably mid so he buys mid forties. So he buys himself long time, stick and a long right? stick, but he just pushes guys off at that level. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, all right. So you're off to hockey. I'm off to hockey. Yes. Um, and Oil Kings right, coming Oil, on. Oil Kings big win big, last night. Big win last night I in talk, Regina. Yeah, unfortunately, possible some six one may, maybe injuries. Yeah, so boy, they're getting a lot of injuries, huh? Yeah, man, we had Serge on earlier. Lejoie. When today? Uh, no, last week. Oh, I love. Or was Serge. it this week? <laughs> yeah, Serge. Yeah, is great. guys, guys I are can't not. Remember. Look guys, at Duke. Duke and I look at each other. The shows just blend in. Yeah, yeah Serge. Serge honestly, uh, like the the guys don't realize how lucky they are. Yeah. Like the players, but mm-hmm. you know, and like the coaching staff is so dedicated. And Luke and Serge, yeah. Josh, Kyle Chipchura. Uh, but Serge, like he is, he is a he is a great guy, man. Like he. Mm-hmm. He put so much work in it, and like he just knows so much about the game. I learned yeah. a lot from him. And we had Chipper on yesterday. Chipper was on the yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Which Slammer? Which Slammer, yeah. Oh. Chipper Slammer. It's Chipper all. Slammer, yeah. eh? <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks for this, laddie. Uh, always no have fun with you on Thursdays. Have a good skate today with the hammer. And Thank you. Oh, hammer, one list one. One more. Uh, still, oh, he is giving it. All he says, still can't figure out the hammer, LOL. <laughs> he is throwing clues down. Yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. It is, it, is, it is what it is. I yeah. might have to hire somebody, or All right. just like, <laughs> or just just ask. Private investigator. Private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laddie. Have a good skate yeah. today. Yeah, see thanks, you next man. week. Yeah, see That's you next week, guys. Laddie Slavshmeet, our co-host from eight to ten. Uh, at the top of the hour, or in the ten o'clock hour, got to figure out exactly what time. Jerry Haraxi from the Spirit of Edmonton in Hamilton. His Great Cup week is underway. Well, underway. That's coming up uh, in the ten o'clock hour on the Kevin Carey Show. Before that, here's the Duke with a Sports fourteen forty update.